It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and we got a good one today. Starting out with Schlocktober, uh, our uh, celebration of Schlocktober. That was, uh, of course, Jonathan and Darlene, um, torch singer Joe Stafford, and her husband made a at least at least one, maybe a couple of uh, party records where they intentionally sounded horrible. And Schlocktober is, uh, and, and I'm not sure if it was her or William Shatner, probably a combination of the two that, uh, that sort of were at the forefront of coming up with this idea that every October, the Tom Sumner program, while everyone else is celebrating Rocktober or Shocktober, we celebrate Schlocktober with a different uh, odd or horrible recording each day. We've had a lot of new ones for uh, Schlocktober 2020, which seems uh, totally appropriate given how weird this uh, uh, year is uh, going. But um, we got a great show coming up. Um, going to be a little bit off the beaten path. It is Friday, so we do have a musical guest. Mindy Love is back with, uh, with new music. And uh, we'll talk with her coming up during the third half of our three-hour tour. And uh, during the second hour, this is this is kind of interesting. Jeff Herman's going to be back. He's from uh, uh, Lawn Starter, um, which you know it's an outdoor services provider. They you know mow lawns and and do landscaping and and uh, fertilization and all that kind of stuff. But they but they do these studies and and some of them are interesting. Some of them are fun. Hopefully, the one we're going to focus on today is kind of fun. They've uh, identified the metro areas with the crappiest lawns literally <laughs> that that uh, are um, covered in poop and and we're going to get into that during the second hour but first we're going to talk with a uh, new york times best selling author who is uh, has is is releasing the first of what will be a four book series all four books written by different authors. We'll talk about that and more with Julie Dow next. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My, uh, my guest this hour is the author of uh, what is the first in, a, in an interesting series. Um, it's uh, actually going to be a four book series with four different authors but broken wish is the first of the four the series is called the mirror and um it's it's kind of it's been described as disney's new fractured fairy tale series <laughs> and we're going to find out what that means and and find out about broken wish and the author julie dow who joins me by phone julie welcome to the show Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, Julie, the the um, series is is unusual in that that each of the four books is written by a different author, um, but also it's it's called a fractured fairy tale series. What, what does that mean, actually? A fractured fairy tale. Well, a fractured fairy tale is a fairy tale that you wouldn't expect 
where, you know, there's a beautiful princess who needs to be saved and there's an evil witch. A fractured fairy tale takes those archetypes and twists them into ways that are unique and maybe quite dark. (laughs) So the witch is good and the, the princess is evil? Potentially. You never know. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't always have to be exactly that flip of the script, but um, but but I get your point. How did you get contacted by Disney? Well, I actually had to keep this series a secret for two years. Wow. I couldn't tell anyone about it. Disney contacted me back in 2018. They called up my agent, and they said that they were interested in working with me because I had published a fairy tale retelling of Snow White. That was my debut novel, my first novel published in 2017. And they were interested in having me sign on to this series that they had envisioned with four books, all written by different authors, dealing with the same curse that spans multiple generations of the same family. Now, your first novel came out in 2017, but I was under the impression that you wrote your first novel when you were eight. That's correct. I wrote my very first <laughs> novel in, in quotation marks. It's a very loose term, Tom. I wrote it in uh, the fourth grade, and it was my very first novel. I still have it. It's written in pencil with really poorly done illustrations, but my mom loved it and my English teacher loved it. So I guess I should say that the book that came out in 2017 was my first book published officially. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair distinction. Um, but but I'm fascinated by that. My um, my oldest daughter. This is going back almost thirty years. But um, she had a school assignment to make a book, and she kept walking around. You know, she was just so proud of this book that she had done. She called it her publication. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 they were you know it was part of this whole project, and they put binding on it did you go that far did you put a cover on your book when you were eight i unfortunately i was not as thorough as your daughter that sounds fantastic what a great project mine was just written in a spiral bound notebook that's all there was and the cover was just me drawing in sharpie doodling unicorns on the front so unfortunately it was not professional (laughs) no i think I, i actually i think that sounds uh this sounds great um so that really begs the question, Julie. You have always been interested in writing. Yes, I have. I have. I've always loved it. It's something that I've always naturally gravitated toward. I was never the child that my parents had to sit down and force to read because books just came very naturally to me. Sending me into a library was like sending another kid to Disney World. I just loved all the possibilities out there and... Um, my next step going to writing, writing my own stories, was a very natural progression from that. Were, were you equally as interested in, in storytelling then? I was. I definitely was. But as a child, you know, when you first start writing stories, it's always a facsimile of what you've already read. It's always a copycat. So because fairy tales were my first introduction to books with um, with Disney movies and with the Brothers Grimm, I naturally started writing my own fairy tales. But they were really just copies of the fairy tales I had read with me and my friends inserted into them. <laughs> and, and this uh, this book, Broken Wish, when Disney contacted you um, about this project, 
were you given any specific instructions? I understand that all four books follow different phases in the life of a family. Correct. Yes. All of the books deal with different branches of the same family tree and in different periods and different places. And and who are some of the other authors that, that the other three that are the the second book will be written by Danielle Clayton, who is a fabulous New York Times bestselling author. She wrote a book called The Bells, which is a fantasy novel for young adults. The third book will be written by New York Times bestseller J.C. Cervantes, who writes books for the Rick Riordan imprint of Disney. So yeah, she's absolutely J. talented and wonderful. J.C. was just on the show about two weeks ago. Oh, great. Yes, she's absolutely fantastic. And the fourth and final book will be written by the fabulous L.L. McKinney, who wrote A Blade So Black, which is a black Alice in Wonderland retelling. So these are all women who are amazingly talented and familiar with the skill of retelling an old tale. Now, I read somewhere that you were Vietnamese uh, American. Do, do you think of yourself as Vietnamese American? Absolutely, yes. I'm very, very proud of my heritage. I was born in the U.S. I was born in upstate New York. But both of my parents immigrated over from Vietnam in the mid-70s, and they met and married over here. And my brothers and I were all born in New York. And and what about, is there this, this series, the Mirror series, um, are all four of the women, I mean, they're, they're all women, um, are they all of, of different heritages? That's correct, yes. All of the authors um, working on the series are from different heritages, which I think is really interesting. And it also makes the retelling of a story a lot more unique because we're bringing our different nuances, we're bringing different experiences to the stories that we're writing. Even though my book is set in a fairy tale Germany with a German girl as the lead, you know, there's there's a nuance to my voice that perhaps someone with a different heritage would, would not have. And so I'm Vietnamese American, um, two of the other authors are black, and uh, J.C. Cervantes is Latina. So it's going to be a really, really cool series because fairy tales historically, um, at least the fairy tales that Americans are familiar with, have come from the Western world. And it's going to be very interesting to see our takes on these very well-known, very well-trodden stories. More with author Julie Dow. Straight Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. 
If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with author Julie Dow straight ahead. It's almost as if Disney has uh, taken a page from the uh, Rick Riordan imprint uh, book. <laughs> Because that's right, you know that's absolutely. what he does is uh, only they make a point to uh, support and present um, stories that are rooted in those different cultures. Absolutely, Tom. I I think that there's such a wealth of stories in the world, 
And it's such a shame to just focus on one aspect or one land in particular. And I think what Rick Riordan is doing with his imprint is absolutely phenomenal because it's showing, it's giving a platform for marginalized voices that have not been able to tell their stories to a wide audience before. And it's interesting, it's, you know, it's introducing all these kids to brand new cultures, brand new stories and new perspectives. Is now, now this this uh, book Broken Wish, um, which I, I mentioned earlier, is the first in the Mirror series. Um, it takes place in Germany. Is is Germany home to the fairy tales that that have been told down through the years uh, in in various Germanic languages? Well, fairy tales originate all over the world. I I know that Cinderella in particular has had roots in China, in Egypt, in South America. There's all sorts of different versions of that tale. But Germany was specifically chosen for Broken Wish because the town of Hanau is actually a real birthplace. It's the birthplace of the Brothers Grimm. And we thought that that would be such an interesting setting to place this story because of how widespread the Brothers Grimm's influence has been over the years and their their impact on even Disney today, um, in that Disney has reimagined all of those tales that they told because the original tales were extremely dark. They originally began as cautionary tales to children, to warn children into good behavior, to to teach them respect. And, um, and I think it's so interesting that we decided to choose Germany because, you know, that's that's where it all began with the Brothers Grimm. Uh, now, tell me a little bit about the uh, character Elva and and her secret. Um, she has some powers that uh, might make her somewhat unpopular in the village of Hanau. <laughs> yes, right. Well, Hanau. This is back in the eighteen sixties. So on the rural outskirts of this town, there would have been quite a bit of suspicion against anyone who seemed different, people who were outsiders, people who had come from different places or may have differences about them, which is definitely true of Elva, who is my main character. She's 16 years old, and all her life she has grown up with this strange and forbidden power. Anytime she looks into a mirror or a puddle of water, basically any reflective surface, she sees scenes of things that are about to come. And anything that she sees always comes to pass. So her parents have always actively encouraged her to suppress this and to ignore her powers and not look into water, not look into mirrors. And so she has always kept this dark secret inside her. But something happens in the book, I don't want to spoil it, that prompts her... Of course, that prompts her to to look into a surface and see this vision of this ultimate tragedy that is coming to her family, and it's going to destroy everything that they've worked for. And she must find a way. She must find someone to help her avert this disaster. And and in the process of doing that, she meets up with uh, a, a uh, somewhat infamous witch from uh, the area there. That's right, yes. Broken Wish is is not a straight up fairy tale retelling, but it combines a lot of familiar tropes that fairy tale fans will recognize. And one of these tropes is the witch in the woods. I've always been drawn to that archetype of this woman who has hidden herself away from the world because 
people just don't understand her. People don't support her. And Elva has heard of this woman who lives all by herself in the North Woods. And she's quite infamous, as you said. She has been rumored to, you know, make people turn into certain animals or perhaps fly on her broom to the moon on a moonlit night. Um, but Elva knows that this person might be the only one who can help her understand her powers and perhaps even help her control them so that she can protect her family. I, I don't know. When you talk about flying to the moon, two images come to mind. One is a witch on a broomstick <laughs> and the other is E.T. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no E.T. in this story, but definitely the first image that you mentioned might be more appropriate. Um. Getting back, I can't help um, getting back to the idea that this is one of four books in a series written by four different authors. And in spite of the fact that, that each author is taking on a different member of the family or in a different, um, you know, time setting, it, was there still or is there a need for collaboration Absolutely. So the first draft of my book, I would say the first and second drafts, I worked on those exclusively with my agent and with my editors to polish them up because I wanted to make sure before I shared the story with the other authors that we were getting to as close to the final version as we could get before I made any big changes or anything like that. So once I had gotten the heart of the book down and I knew that it wouldn't change too much, too drastically from there, that was when I shared my manuscript with all three of the other authors so they could read it and see what I had done and give me their input on the magic system and the characters because everything that is in Broken Wish will, of course, inform their books because they are writing descendants of my character. And the magic, of course, again, I can't spoil too much, but there are relics that get passed down through the ages. There is magic that evolves and twists over time and changes the location. The second book, for example, Danielle Clayton is writing the second book called Shattered Midnight. That book is set in the Roaring Twenties, New Orleans. So, of course, the magic is going to shift and change from when it's in this very traditional fairy tale Germany and moves over to the New World, to America. Um, and so they had to read my manuscript. We got on Skype calls. We have a very <laughs> long group text <laughs> that you would be terrified to see of just us freaking out to each other late hours saying, I've ruined the family tree or I've destroyed the magic system and just talking it out. So it was a lot of communication, a lot of staying in touch. And we want the series to feel like a treasure hunt for readers so that they can recognize certain elements in Broken Wish that have been carried down and perhaps changed a little bit. So I think it's going to be a fun experience for the readers. I, I'm just fascinated by that because I've, I've seen writers um, experimenting with the idea of somebody writes a chapter and then it gets passed to somebody else. They read that chap chapter and then come up with what's next. And, and it's almost mm -hmm. like a game that... that uh, some writers uh, that that I know have have played, and this sounds a little bit like that. You write, you know, the the introductory book, and and we learn, you know, about uh, Elva, and and then the next book comes along, and and 
takes that story, moves it to someplace else. There are changes. It's a different time. It's different, um, maybe different people. Are, are there crossovers uh, from generation to generation? Um, people from your book that will show up in the next book? Each book will feature a completely new set of characters, but ah. you might see some allusions to the past. Gotcha. Again, it might be too spoilery to, to tell you, but you will definitely see some familiar elements coming back. Well, I, I don't want to try and uh, get you to uncover any spoilers, <laughs> um, but but I am curious about, about how the books work together and independently. Um, any of these books could be read as a standalone book, I'm guessing. That's correct, Tom. Yes, they can all be read completely by themselves as complete stories in and of themselves with a beginning and an end. So you don't need to read them in a particular order, I don't think. Um, But if you do, that's where the Easter eggs come in, where you find little clues, little elements that have been familiar to you, that have been introduced in past books. So I think it's very much like a game. You described it very aptly. It feels like I'm setting down the first domino in a game of dominoes or even (laughs) a relay race where I'm running the first leg and then passing the baton on to the next author. So I think it's going to be a very interesting series in that you get these four completely different voices, different stories, different main characters, but it's all part of a whole. Now, as the as as the second, third, and fourth installments of this uh, four-part series unfold, um, do you think each time one of those books comes out, it encourages people to go back and read uh, Broken Wish and and then move into the to the new book? And I know we just said that they're they they can stand alone, but will that draw attention each time a book comes out that there are other books in the series available? Well, I'm really hoping that's the case, Tom, because that would be wonderful for me and Broken Wish for people to be interested in in my book that opens the whole series. I know that speaking as a reader myself, an avid book lover, anytime I hear about a new book that comes out and I see that it's part of a series, even if it's a standalone and I don't need to read everything in order, I'm always tempted to go back to the beginning because that's where the character was introduced, perhaps, or that's where the first inklings of the plot um, is going to continue through. So I'm always tempted to do that. So I'm really hoping that readers will discover Broken Wish as each subsequent novel comes out. I'm always fascinated by um, uh, television series where the characters sometimes, uh, you know, they're they're not as well developed in the beginning, but, but you get into the second and the third season and they really... Um, because of building on everything that's been done before, they really evolve in interesting ways. Right. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think that's why I enjoy TV shows more than movies, because with TV shows, you get more time in the world. You get to know these characters as people. And it's really fascinating to see when a well-written character starts out as one type of person and over the course of a season or two seasons, you see them completely change, whether it's a change of heart or a change of mind or they just become something completely new that you did not expect them to. I think those make for the best stories. In the really in the really well-written ones, the characters actually grow and evolve. 
Right, right. This is um, again. I, I'm I'm just fascinated by this series, Julie. Um, this is a strange time to be trying to promote anything because um, you know we're we're so uncertain about you know whether we can go out or you know go right. to the bookstore or do whatever. And and of course, for somebody who's promoting a book, it's difficult to get out and interact with people the way you do when you're promoting a new book. Um, how have you been able to make up for, um, you know, the classic book signing? Right. Well, it's, it's a very strange time, as you said, to be promoting a book because normally if this pandemic had not come about, I would actually be traveling across the country this week to meet readers, to go to bookstores, to talk about this new story and see my fellow authors because we were supposed to have a launch party in New York City with all four of the series authors together, which would have been really fun. Sure. But um, in terms of signing, so my team sent me these stickers called book plates that I've been signing and we shipped them out to all the bookstores that have been kindly hosting me this week for virtual talks. And the bookstores will put the sticker on the front page of the book. So it feels like a signed copy. Um, and they will send those out to whoever pre-orders the book from their bookstores. So there, there are ways around this odd time that we're living in. And I also have to say that social media has been extremely important in promoting this book because that's how I get out there to readers is on Twitter or Instagram or speaking to people like you on the radio. Um, that's how people are getting to hear about this book. Otherwise, we're all isolating and not hearing about anything new. So I'm very grateful for these opportunities. Um, Julie, do you uh, enjoy that kind of interaction? I know for a lot of writers, writing is a very solitary thing. But in order to promote a book, it's important to get that feedback from readers and interact with readers. Do you enjoy that part of it? It's one of my favorite things of being a writer, Tom. I love speaking to the people for whom I write, especially when it's teens, because those are the people that initially I'm always thinking of when I'm crafting my stories because I'm a young adult writer, and I just absolutely adore meeting people in person and hearing what they have to say about my book. I think that, just like you said, writing is extremely solitary. It's you alone with your laptop or your notebook, and getting to have that social interaction is one of the best parts, one of the highlights of this career. And unfortunately, this year, everything has been relegated to the virtual arena, but um, I'm just grateful that I get to do this. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the little sig- uh, the little stickers that um, that serve as uh, signatures for um, right. books that are coming out. In, in any other year, that would seem like kind of a uh, production cop out. You know, that rather than actually sign the book, they've got these stickers that go in the book. But that's actually going to identify those books as unique. To 2020. That's 
true. I've I've been using book plates before too. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a cop out. I would say that's that's another way of getting your signature out to people who may not be local, who may not be able to reach the bookstores where you are physically signing books. And I've definitely mailed book plates across the nation. I've mailed them overseas. I've had some British readers want signed copies, and unfortunately, haven't been able to come over here to get the books. So, I think that book plates are a wonderful way to get your book. Signed by an author. I, I think "cop out" was an unfortunate choice of words. I was just going to say <laughs> it's, but it's not quite the same experience as handing an author your book, your copy of their book, and watching them sign their name inside the cover. Um, it's and and what I what I meant to point out is that for this particular year. I would think those those stickers would make these books um, have a different significance. Absolutely, Tom. I, I see what you're trying to say, and yes, I agree that those book plates in, in these copies of Broken Wish will definitely be a memorable uh, artifact to have of this It's strange and intensely weird year for readers, but I'm just glad that they, they have some piece of, of me because I always think of my autographs as, a sign of my appreciation because when you're working on a book, when you're working in isolation, it's hard to imagine people connecting with the story sometimes and actually reading your book and liking it. So um, every book that I sign is just a little piece of my appreciation for the reader. Was writing this book uh, different uh, than your experience with writing other books because of the direction from Disney and the interaction with the uh, the other writers that are going to be part of this series? It certainly was a little bit different than coming up with my own original, completely fresh stories that I only have worked on. Um, But it was really fun, actually. I looked at it like a challenge because Disney provided the bare bones, the point, point A, point B, point C, and I had to figure out how to connect those points, connect the dots, and make it a cohesive story. So in that way, it was quite different from writing my own stories because writing an original book like my first novel, Forest of a Thousand Lanterns, I had to come up with those points and then connect them myself. But with this, there was a structure that I could work with. And having the other authors was a wonderful experience because we were all in it together. We were a team collaborating on this idea and it was really nice to have them be right there and give me their feedback and input into how I was crafting this world so I think it was different but a very good experience um Julie what's next for you so Tom I'm writing all kinds of different stories I'm just, <laughs> it's a weird career it's a weird career in that you can never be guaranteed that you will get published again so I'm just putting as many eggs into as many baskets I'm writing all different genres different age categories and I'm hoping that sometime soon I'll be able to put out another book we'll see Um Julie we're we're almost out of time, but I always want to give uh, guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, about this uh, book, Broken Wish, um, but but all of your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do have a website. My website is juliedow.com. I'm sorry, say that again. My website is juliedow.com. 
Okay. J U L I E D A O. And um, there, I imagine that there are updates and and things on on what's going on with you. Yes, I keep a events page where I, you know, frequently put new talks that I'm doing, new panels, virtual events. And I also have a page that contains all of my books and where you can order them and a little bit more information on each. And I also have a newsletter that people can sign up on for my for my website. Oh, cool. That's that's a fun way to keep in touch with people and, and uh, um, make them feel part of, of your world. Um, Julie, thank you so much for spending this time with me and uh, talking about this uh, this new book and this new series. Broken Wish is the book. The Mirror is the series. And uh, my, my guest is uh, Julie Dow. Um, Julie, thank you. Thanks again. Tom, thank you so much for having on your show. I, it was a pleasure talking to you. All right. Take care. You too. That was uh, Julie Dow, the author of the acclaimed Rise of the Empress duology, which included Forest of a Thousand Lanterns and Kingdom of the Blazing Phoenix. This uh, new book that she's written is uh, the first in a four-part series from Disney called The Mirror, which features uh, in in all four books um, four different authors. And Julie's book, Broken Wish, is the uh, is the inaugural. It's it's the first book in the series. And with that, we'll uh, we'll move on and have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. For a new generation The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers, and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. In just 13 days, we've gone from zero to 1,232 confirmed cases of the coronavirus, COVID-19. It has doubled over the weekend. This virus is spreading exponentially. Today, I'm issuing a stay home, stay safe executive order for all Michiganders, and it goes into effect just after midnight tonight for at least the next three weeks. I want you to know I didn't make this decision lightly. I've consulted with medical experts from across the country and right here at home, from University of Michigan to Penn to Johns Hopkins to Harvard. Dr. Caldoun and all of these experts recommended today's action, and it is clear this is what we can and must do to protect ourselves. During this time, critical services will remain open. Businesses and operations that do work, that sustains or protects life, can continue to perform that work in person. But in doing that critical work, they must take aggressive steps to minimize the spread of COVID-19 as much as possible. Your grocery stores will be open. I have checked on our whole supply chain for food and it will be accessible. Do not panic, do not hoard. These services will remain open. Your pharmacy will too, so you can get your prescriptions. Your banks and credit unions. You can fill your car with gas. You can find the full list of critical services that will remain open at michigan.gov slash coronavirus. Remember, you can go outside, get some fresh air, walk your dog, just be smart about it and maintain that six foot difference between you and anyone else. And one more thing on the topic of school closures. This order means that our schools will remain closed at least through April 13th. I will have more to say on this subject soon. And we will keep working around the clock to keep Michiganders safe. Please continue to do your part. Stay home. Wash your hands frequently. Avoid touching your face. Cover your mouth with your elbow or your arm. Stand six feet apart from one another. And if you think you should be tested for coronavirus, call on the phone. Call your health care provider. Our aggressive action today will help mitigate how many people get sick and how long our economy suffers. I've seen some remarkable things in this time of crisis. This is a test unlike any we've seen before. We are up to it. We will get through this. But be smart. Take every precaution and do your part. Take this seriously because it is serious. Hey. Big Grits. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's Big Grits. 
We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Greg at all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Greg. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Greg. Come on. Big Gretchen, this bitch playing no roles. Excuse all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Greg said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. Big Greg ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Grinch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Grinch with the bucks on on the lookout. Uh. And she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of bucks with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grinch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Grinch. We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Grinch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Grinch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Grinch. little tribute to Big Gretch that was uh, of course GMAC Cash with their uh, their hat tip to uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and before that we heard the governor from her and it, one of her initial announcements about uh, COVID-19 back in March and uh, of course we've been down a very long road since then and I'm sure everybody listening has uh, already heard the news about plots to storm the capitol plots to kidnap the governor or take her to wisconsin try her for treason uh plots against uh law enforcement officials and and, and so on and uh, there are a lot of th- i have a couple of pieces that i play from time to time that make fun of the governor and and that's fine and i don't agree with everything that she did or the way that she did it i might have done things a little differently but she's the one we picked to do the job and uh for what it's worth um any kind of uh any kind of armed insurgency is just inappropriate um that's just my personal thoughts and uh, I, i don't know what your thoughts are but um I, for one, am glad that the uh, the authorities were able to locate these guys before they did any real serious damage. And uh, and I hope that this isn't a uh, foreshadowing of things to come um, after November 3rd if, for some reason, the election is contested. Um, I hope that people will have the patience and the civility to allow the system to to work itself out and i know a lot of people think the system is broken and i'm one of them but uh fix it don't destroy it that's just my thought um in the meantime during the uh shelter at home orders that we've uh, all been under in michigan and other parts of the country a lot of musicians have turned to doing live Facebook performances, anything to get their music out to their fans and listeners. And uh, one of those things is going on right now. Greg Nagy, who is uh, a a Flint uh, area um, blues artist, he's been on the show many times, and I play his music uh, 
quite frequently for a show that isn't music-based. But he started something that's kind of fun, uh, a different song. He's putting a different song out on Facebook um, every day for 30 days. And I've been collecting the songs. And uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I may, I, I may play them next month or something. Greg's going to be on the show here in a week or two. And, uh, and we'll talk about that project. But I did pick one out to play. It's the, the most recent offering. Um, and it just it, it kind of fits because things just seem to be so crazy. Uh, I've heard people talking about being 2020 because so many things have happened that are so unusual from uh, the pandemic to the president getting infected to kidnap you know, plot against the governor. It's just a strange year. So this song seemed kind of appropriate from uh, Greg Nagy. Then we got lots more shows straight ahead. Like a child 
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 